Good evening, friends. Today is a holy day. It is the presentation of Jesus. And so we have special readings for this evening. I did not record morning prayer this morning, but um, if you're curious, the special readings for this morning's daily office were Psalms 42, 43, 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, the Gospel of John 8, 31 through 36. You probably also commemorated this special holy day um, at church today since it fell on a Sunday. If not, additional readings were Psalm 84 or 24, 7 through 10, Malachi 3, 1 through 4, Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, and Luke 2, 22 through 40. Our readings for this evening are Psalms 48 and 87, Haggai 2, 1 through 9, and 1 John 3, 1 through 8. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living God in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 48 Great is God, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. God's holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great ruler, within its citadels God has shown himself of sure defense. 
Then the rulers assembled. They came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic. They took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there. Pains as of a woman in labor. As when an east wind shatters the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so we have seen. In the city of the God of hosts. In the city of our God, which God establishes forever. We ponder your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. Your name, O God, like your praise, reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with victory. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go all around it. Count its towers. Consider well its ramparts. Go through its citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. God will be our guide forever. Psalm 87 On the holy mount stands the city God founded. God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city, o God, o city of God. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon, Philistia too and Tyre with Ethiopia. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in it. For the Most High themselves will establish it. God records as they registers the peoples, this one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. In the seventh month, on the twenty-first day of the month, the word of God came by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel, says, the, says God. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says God. Work, for I am with you, says God, says God, says the Lord of hosts, according to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit abides among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations, so that the treasure of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. 
thanks be to God. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on God's lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear them in every generation. God has shown the strength of their arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of God's servant Israel. For God has remembered God's promise of mercy, the promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. See what love the Creator has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When God is revealed, we will be like God, for we will see God as God is. And all who have this hope in God purify themselves, just as God is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that God was revealed to take away sins, and in God there is no sin. No one who abides in God sins. No one who sins has either seen God or known God. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as God is righteous. Everyone who commits sin is a child of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Creator Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator, 
who will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. That this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful, we entreat you, O God, that our holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill. We entreat you, O God, that we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and defenses. We entreat you, O God, that there may be peace to your church and to the whole world. We entreat you, O God, that we may depart this life in your faith and fear and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ. We entreat you, O God. That we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of St. John, St. Clare, and all your saints, entrusting one another in all our life to Christ, we entreat you, O God. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly pray that, as your only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple, so we may be presented to you with pure and clean hearts. By Jesus Christ, our God, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God. And in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen.
now would be the time to talk about the readings and to share some special prayers. In our readings earlier today, not the ones I read out loud just, just now as, as much, um, and in the readings in our church services today, we probably he heard about how when Jesus was presented at the table at the temple, he was recognized, right? And and that's what Epiphany is all about, recognizing God for who God is. So the fact that the presentation falls during Epiphany is is no small thing, I think. And I also think that there is a broader application of the presentation and the recognition of Christ. And we've talked through the Epiphany season about Christ revealing Christ's self and us making ourselves open to those revelations, you know, praying for God's eyes to see God, God's self in the world around us, in all of creation and in ourselves. And our readings today, throughout the day and this evening, speak to that. They speak to God revealing God's self, us recognizing God, and us becoming holy step-by-step, transformation-by-transformation, more and more like God. And that holiness is seen in our actions. I, I take our reading from 1 John not to mean that we earn salvation through works. I don't think that's it at all. But I do think that as we know God and know our holy, created selves, Sorry for the disjointed thought. I had a brief interruption there. Um, but as, as we know God and embrace God, and as my wonderful spiritual director says, you know, embark on this journey of becoming holy, we necessarily live that out in our lives. And sometimes it's frightening to think about what that might look like. This is oversimplifying things, and you've probably heard it before, but sometimes it's really frightening to think about what we must leave behind. For me, the process of becoming holy, or again, as my wonderful spiritual director says, giving up the vain attempts at perfection in exchange for God's holiness. And I'm probably getting her words a little bit wrong there, but um, but you get the gist. Uh, for me, a lot of that means giving up the coping mechanisms that I've used before that have worked mostly <laughs> through most of my life they've at least gotten me this far and even the perfectionism is a form of self-preservation you know um, 
you know, talk to you guys a little bit before about the work that I'm doing with self-compassion. And I think I've even talked to you a little bit about, you know, how we get, we can get stuck in this thing where, okay, we're being self-critical and then we're working on self-compassion. So we end up being critical of our self-criticalness, but, and as my wonderful therapist says, we have to be compassionate even to those critical parts of ourselves because they're, they are doing that. We are doing this out of self-preservation. Those are all mechanisms that have worked before. Certainly my perfectionism has for the most part served me well. Um, particularly in, um, in my professional life. And so I think that as with everything else in this world, as we move from transformation to transformation or season to season, that transition or that evolution, however, however it is manifesting itself in your life right now, is easier done with love. So it is, I believe, not just more peaceful, but also more effective when we say goodbye To what we are leaving in the past. With love. Not. I'm tossing you aside. We'll use my perfectionism. Since we've already been talking about it. I'm tossing you aside perfectionism. Because you're crap. And you've hurt me. And I'm done with you. No. I think it's. I think it's more effective and quite frankly, I think it's the way of Jesus to say something more like, we have served together well. You have taken good care of me. Thank you. on this journey toward knowing God and knowing ourselves. And I have to say, in no small part, thanks to you all, Epiphany has already been and is and will be, I am sure, a really beautiful and moving season for me. I hope it's the same for you. And so now as we continue to transition on this journey of becoming holy, knowing ourselves, knowing God, which two things I think are inextricably linked, and forgive me, I know I'm repeating myself. Epiphany seems to be a lot of me repeating myself, so bear with me. I am sure that there is a reason for that. Um, 
if not only that the message unfolds, it, unfolds itself through that repetition or ingrains itself more deeply because of having heard it over and over. But as we move forward on this journey, there are things that we are picking up or things that are becoming greater illuminated and there are necessarily things that, that we are laying down. And we cannot, we can't do all of the things. We can't live in the same season forever. We must go through change, go through transformation. We read in one of our readings earlier this week that that is absolutely necessary to being with God. Fighting change or being unwilling to change is, in essence, resisting holiness, resisting God and God's love. But my prayer for all of us is that with gentleness and with reverence and with courage, most of all, with love and in love, We lay down, we move forward. I don't mean, mean lay down, like lay ourselves down like a doormat. You guys know better than that, right? We lay, we lay down those things that are not meant to be carried with us in this season. And we enter into cooperation with God. I know I didn't go back through and go specifically through all of the readings. Um, I hope that that's okay. I, I hope that that the point is kind of there, you know, that just like it says in Haggai, we take courage. For God's spirit abides among us. We do not fear. And we realize that what God is building in and through and for us is much more splendid than anything that we are leaving behind. Amen. I, um, I was introduced this week by my spiritual director to... Um, I might be pronouncing this incorrectly, came or kaim prayers. They're encircling prayers. Um, one writer um, describes them as drawing a circle of love. And um, I'm on this website here. It's a blog on Anamkara, which is the Irish for soul friend, books entitled Drawing a Circle of Love, The Celtic Encircling Prayer by Bruce Epperly, written October 3rd, 2016. And he says here, the came involves simply drawing a circle around yourself or another person, physically or in your imagination. 
This encircling prayer is grounded in our awareness of the constant companionship and protection of the divine. It reminds us that God is in this place. Often as they embarked on journeys or felt at risk, Celtic pilgrims would inscribe a circle around themselves as a reminder of God's ever-present companionship and protection. And he includes here a traditional prayer of encompassing. So let's, let's pray this together. The God of the elements guarding, the loving Christ guarding, the Holy Spirit's guarding, be cherishing me, be aiding me. Or another, this one um, related to St. Patrick's prayer. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me. Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ to comfort me and restore me. Christ behind me. Christ above me. Or I'm sorry. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ in the hearts of all that love me. Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. Circle of love. Open my heart. Circle of wisdom. Enlighten my mind. Circle of trust. Protect my path. Circle of healing. Grant me new life. And there are many prayers, and you can pray them for yourself or for others, but they um, were inspiring to me, and so I thought that I would share them with you. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.